If the if the users could see how good we look right now, would be they'd be amazed. I agree. Users? Did I say users or listeners? You said users. <laughs> Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Patrick. Hey, Andy. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, you sound good. You look good too. Well, you do too. We're doing Design Much. I feel like it's been a little while, but we're back springtime we're excited but i want to welcome you patrick i want to welcome you back to the, the design much podcast the podcast you listen to to level up your design game one bite size skill at a time so today we're we're doing this we're talking about design and um, we actually met with um jordan reading mm-hmm. a designer from uh from jane and uh, she came down to talk to us about um dealing with imposter syndrome yeah so really excited about that. Yeah, we talked about people that have imposter syndrome, and we talked about imposters. We talked about both sides of the fence. Yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah, so that was great. But before we get to that, yeah, we got other stuff to talk about too. Yeah, I was listening I was listening to our podcast on my AirPods. Your AirPods? The other day, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you own yourself a pair of AirPods? I don't yet, no. No? I want to get some. Dude, they're fantastic. They're on my wish list. You get AirPods. Every designer should have AirPods. Remember a few years ago, there'd be blogs that came out with like Christmas gifts to, to give to your designer friends. Yeah. Remember that? We yeah. Should, they should put AirPods on that now. Absolutely. If anyone still reads blogs. Uh, it's a medium, medium yeah, post. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Nine things to buy a designer on I'm medium. A, I'm going to start writing that up right now. Yeah. But AirPods should be the top of that list. But the interesting thing is... Not a few months ago, you were telling me how dumb those things are, <laughs> right? Yeah, looking they're, at they're this, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're saying like looking at this product, like they look just horrible, and they're just like just a dumb product. Mm-hmm. They look dumb. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna stand <laughs> by that statement. I'm still gonna stand by the statement that they look dumb, but I do use them all the time, and and if I leave. They're like little babies to me now. If I leave them the in the babies. office and I need them at home, I like get really sad. Yeah, you get that separation like, oh, anxiety. No. Oh. <laughs> I hope they're okay. I hope so. nobody's messing with them. <laughs> so you don't like the way they look, but you like the way they you like to use them. Yeah, so the functionality is is really actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I've never had problems. I've heard other people have problems with them. One of the one of the butts doesn't charge. Oh. Uh, something like that. I know people have had some issues with them. I've never had an issue with them. Um, the only issue that I don't like is if I'm if I use them on my Mac and I switch to my phone, I have to resync them. So I have to go to my Bluetooth settings and resync them. Oh, really? like, okay. You can't just like, like open up the them. case and the thing pops up. No, it'll it'll open up the case and show you like the the battery power and stuff, but it doesn't actually sync them. Oh. So that's if you that's if you've unsynced them and and sunk them to another thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, that's the only thing that bothers me is I wish it was more automatic. But that's a Bluetooth. That's not even. Yeah. I, I can't blame the uh, AirBuds for that. That's definitely. That's uh, that's a Bluetooth thing. But the the other the other fault they don't have currently is I don't have a way to turn the volume up without using my phone. Yeah, or your voice. Right, you can say, "Hey Siri, turn up the volume." <laughs> You can do that, and it doesn't work. I've never really got it to work very good, and I also don't want to just say that out loud. Like, I'm just at my desk. Hey, Siri, turn up the volume. Why not? (laughs) Hey, Siri, three notches, please. Everybody looks, what the? 
It'd be nice if they had like a little tappy thing. Like I think the Blue Jays are. There's another brand that has like a. You tap on the right one and it goes up, and you tap on the left one and it goes down. Oh, really? So that that would be cool. That would be sweet. Yeah. But I love the auto pause. is amazing. Yeah. You that's, take you take the one earbud out and you, you just it comes out of your ear magically, right? Yeah. And it stops pauses. So you use the word it's magic. Fantastic. Fantastic. Magic magic ear pause. <laughs> Uh, the audio quality is surprisingly good. Really? Yeah, like it's better than a regular set of air, of uh, of their pods, whatever they call them. Their uh, ear pods. Ear pods. Yeah, I think them? they're ear pods, and these ones are air pods. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Back to the pod name. <clears throat> well, that's good. So, like you you had this this product, and you said this product looks so dumb, like it just doesn't look great mm-hmm. at all. You still kind of stand by the way it looks. You're not a fan of it. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the way that they look in your ear because they kind of do hang down out of your ear too far. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't mind the the design of them in the in the ear. Okay. But I wish they were just. I, I wish they didn't hang down like it looked like you had a cigarette or something sticking out of your ear or something like that. But did the experience kind of win you over? Like of yeah using these these wireless headphones, mm-hmm. right? Like I wanted. I wanted a set of wireless headphones. I've always wanted a set of wireless headphones. Yeah. But um. Because I know that that that's sweet, but there's never been anything that's really that had that kind of audio quality, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and did I, I like the I like the little tiny touches they add because there's other ones that do the same thing, but I like the I like that they stop and they pause when you take them out. Mm-hmm. The, the little carrying case is pretty nice that you stick them in, and the other thing too is they charge super fast. So the other day uh, I got home, they were uncharged, they they were dead. The all my AirPods and the box were dead. And I was like, oh, crap, I need them right now. What am I going to do? I thought, well, I'll give them a five minutes, see if I can get like 10% charge on them. You plug it in. So you, you put the AirPods in the box and then you plug in the box. Yeah. And if the AirPods are dead, it charges the AirPods first before it charges the box. And it charges the AirPods up to like 75% in like three, four, five minutes. What? Okay. Like it was fast. Nice. It was pretty fast. And then I could just leave the box and I could use the AirPods and leave the box to yeah. charge. So I, I like like I like the way that you can use them. I do like that you can check on your phone the power and stuff if you need to if you need to do that. Uh, that's all that's all pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you know I uh, just I kind of want to talk about this because I think it's a really interesting thing. Like it's this product that a lot of people didn't think <clears throat> was that great. Like, but it turns out it's a it's a really popular thing. Like I think they're mm-hmm. still hard to get. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's still hard to buy them. Like a year and a half later, um, like Apple doesn't always get it right. A lot of times they don't get it right. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, they have a product where they have those small touches that, as you describe them, are like magical, which is like cool for a user experience designer to like see like when you're building a product, what what are the small touches that you can like yeah. add to something to make it a lot that better? You can kind of win. You can yeah. kind of win the people because even even despite the volume thing, like I tried, I can't remember the other ones I tried. They have a volume thing where you tap them. Yeah. Even that, like these are better than that because they link with my phone. Part of that's probably because. Um, you know, I'm an iPhone user, so mm-hmm. that probably links better. Although one of the developers here told me a dirty secret <laughs> that in the Android community, the AirPods are ranked the number one <laughs> Bluetooth headphone for Android phone too. So yeah, just saying it's it's not. I don't think it's just an Apple thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, um, I didn't believe in it. At the beginning, just like some of us designers don't believe in ourselves when we're designing. Yeah, exactly. See what we're going here? Yeah. Uh, imposter syndrome. So do you want to jump in? Should we jump into the interview with uh, Jordan about imposter syndrome? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
with Jordan. That's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just really quickly, can you give our listeners a brief explanation of what imposter syndrome is? Yeah. So, imposter syndrome um, has always been, at least to me and how I've experienced it, it's where you kind of just feel like you're not adequate enough to perform perform certain duties, tasks, responsibilities, you kind of just think you can almost compare yourself to others and you see them doing something really awesome and great and you're like, why can't I do that? But it's it's comparing yourself to others and just thinking you can't do certain things because you feel like you don't have the skills to do them. Um, And just, I think it just comes from knowing, being very self-aware that you're missing certain aspects of uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, imposter syndrome's fun. <laughs> Sounds like it's fun for sure. And it it kind of holds you back a little bit. Yeah. Can. yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like it's a lot of, like, you having insecurities about yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's essentially what imposter syndrome is. Yeah. Because um, you feel like you just don't quite add up to what you feel like you should be yeah. in order to you know, be where you want to be, right? Exactly. Um, So would you say it's like essentially somebody's living in a false reality? Or do you feel like imposter syndrome is like something that's like very true in terms of are they actually imposters? Should they be there? Or are they actually a lot better than they think they are? Yeah. So I think um, you use the term like true imposter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A true imposter, I feel like they're not they're the people that you don't know are like they're kind of hiding that uh in confidence or they're they're very confident a true imposter they under they don't i feel like i feel like a true imposter isn't a thing (laughs) i guess okay because those people are the ones that are really confident and they just they don't they're not comparing themselves to other people they're kind of um what's the word i'm looking for they know they don't they're not aware of what they don't know (laughs) but an imposter quote unquote Mm -hmm. person that experienced imposter syndrome um they're very aware of their knowledge gaps so and that's what gives them that feeling of i'm not good enough and then they're always going out and trying to get better and better and better so i I feel like a true imposter isn't a a thing They're more just like a if person that, makes sense. that just doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, so It's like self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have it to be an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> that, it sounds like it's like a better thing. Like, yeah. To, to have that. I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? But at the same time, like it's you're, I think you knowing where you lack is knowing where you can get better. Yeah. Right? And there's definitely, in my mind, a fine line between the two. It's kind of like... You can be an impo- have this imposter syndrome in your head, and not it can hold you back quite a bit. But then there's the people that kind of have this really great confidence, <laughs> and it's almost like, is this true knowledge or is this like if I ask them a question, are they going to be able to actually answer it, or is it just a 
front. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a balancing act, I feel like, between the two. You don't want to ever be held back because you don't, you're afraid of doing something. Definitely. (laughs) So, cool. So how can imposter syndrome infect, or I'm sorry, infect, I guess that works. I was going to say affect. I mean, you can infect people. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a syndrome. It's a sickness, right? Yeah, it's a totally true sickness. You you can pass it on to others. Uh, So so I'll say it, yeah. Um, How can imposter syndrome infect designers? Well, don't be mean to each other. And then, like, because I feel like if you're mean to another designer, you'll infect them with imposter syndrome. Like, if you really do want to say infect. But... um, You give people imposter syndrome by... By by bringing them down, Bringing them down, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's that's a true statement. You can be, like, when you're giving feedback. Mm -hmm. If you say things things that just... It's not um, good critical uh, like feedback if it's mean feedback if you will not useful that could definitely give some a designer imposter syndrome um but i'm i'm guessing you mean affect (laughs) (laughs) two questions for the price of one yeah i know right um so it i feel like designers can get affected by imposter syndrome by i mean there's all these online sites where you go on like Dribble, Behance, all of these, and you look and see what these amazing designers are doing, but you don't see like the backstory of how they got there. Mm-hmm. And I really wish more designers would leave their early work up so that people that like look up to them can go look at where they started and say, okay, this is great to see somebody's progress from yeah. A to Z. So I really wish they would do that more. Um, I feel like designers go on those sites and they see those and they just not good enough, not good enough. And then they just don't put their work out there. They're afraid to show it and they're afraid to build a website. Oh, my website's not good enough to launch yet. Like how many times have you heard a designer say that? (laughs) I can't build my brand. Every every designer's portfolio is not built. Yep. My portfolio is not built. Why? It's not good enough. The work isn't good enough. It's like, just get it out there. I'm not saying to like not look into details. Details is great, but you should just always be making stuff and yeah, putting it and out sharing there. it, right? Yeah. There was, uh, somebody on Twitter said something. There's some quote that they put on Twitter about how social media, um, we always get to see everybody else's highlight reel, but we experience mm-hmm. our own blooper reel. Yeah. I, don't, I thought great. it was kind of cool, but that's basically like what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I would like to see some really nice designer like five years ago who's really good now, like see that they use they tried to use like a purple and orange gradient yes. or something <laughs> in their like in their early their early career because the then you're like oh these people are human and they are designers yeah and and you get to see like wow they really like weren't at this level that they're at now a year ago it's just really amazing to like see that progress. So it really makes me sad when designers and artists curate their Instagrams or their dribbles. Yeah. It's like, just leave it up. But I get why they do it. Yeah. It's just, oh, I wish they didn't. Like Jessica Hish did a really, she had a, I think it was a blog post where she posted all of her uh, really old lettering uh, drawings. And oh, it was really cool to see huh. where she started and where she's at now. I love her. She's 
Yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. I should be posting like my drawings as a kid, like my little stick figure drawings. Uh huh. And you could really see my progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that's another point though. When you look back at like where you started and you look at where you're now, I think that's a really important step in realizing you've made a lot of progress as opposed to looking to just solely in the future. Yeah. I mean, you need to, but you should also look and see where you started too. Mm-hmm. just see like wow i've done a lot <laughs> yeah i think that's really great yeah take yeah. the time to see where you've come because mm-hmm. then that's yeah. going to really help i think with your imposter syndrome yeah not enough people i don't think recognize like their comp like the small accomplishments they've made too and i say small loosely because everything's kind of a, an accomplishment is mm-hmm. an accomplishment but sometimes you just don't give it enough weight I guess, or you think it was easy because you don't remember doing it. It's kind of like when you're learning, it was a struggle then. You get, you do it a few times, becomes second nature, and you're like, oh, anyone can do this, but really they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's little things you just have to recognize. Like, you can do things that other people can't, <laughs> or they don't take the time to learn how to do it. So, yeah. That's interesting. So is, is there, um, is this something you have personally experienced as, as, as a designer? <laughs> Very much. <Yeah. laughs> every, every single thing that I've ever done in my life beforehand, I've always experienced it. Like when I, like, I can't remember the first time I experienced it was in undergrad. I remember walking into my first design class and being like, all these people, cause I went to an art, it was an really well-known, I don't want to say art school, but they had a good art program. Okay. And all these, they always had drawings of these really amazing art drawings everywhere. And I'm like, I can't draw like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I got really nervous and I walked in and my professor goes, if you're not here to work, you better leave now. (laughs) And I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) I don't know if I can get through this. So she gave us our very first really hard assignment, told us we were going to fail it no matter how hard we tried. But, you know, four years later, every year you just kind of got more comfortable with doing it. And it was kind of tough. My first critique was really tough. That was a tough experience. And then, like, your first job, you go on those interviews, and you're like, I don't know if they're going to even want me. <laughs> so, but you get their feedback. Yeah. And you just keep going through the process of getting better and better and listening to people. So every single time, every like even coming down here, like I was telling you guys earlier, it's like, I don't know. Who wants to listen to me talk? <laughs> Do I have anything good to say? Like, So there's always... Every single thing that I do has been, can I, am I good enough to do it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's been a tough thing to deal with. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something we probably all feel at yeah. times, right? Mm-hmm. And as I designers. F- is- I feel like like probably a lot of the women listeners will feel it a lot more too, I feel like, because we're just naturally really introverted, I feel. Not every woman is introverted, but I feel like we, we kind of have this, I don't know, feeling all the time, and at least I do, and 
trying to get better at not having that. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like men and women both experience it. Mm-hmm. We just tend to talk about it a little more. <laughs> like, Are you I, saying men bury everything down inside? No, you guys don't do that. <laughs> no way. Never. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't want to generalize, <laughs> but like, I mean, there, there's definitely something to be said about how women are kind of carrying themselves in this very quiet kind of uh, way, and men tend to have, they have the more booming voices, they're, they're just naturally, they have a bigger presence, so they have a bigger confidence level, I feel like, than what some women have, and it's really about trying to get better at being more confident and breaking through that imposter style syndrome. Well, and like you said, you brought it earlier, like with um, looking back at your old work too, Mm -hmm. and looking about what you accomplished earlier, even in the day or in a meeting or something like that, like remembering that. Yeah. And remembering like, no, I did that. I did that thing. That was good. Um, Yeah, I think that can help a lot. As long as you don't look back and go, oh. I made a lot of mistakes, yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Like, have you ever laid up at night and been like, "Oh gosh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have done that." Like, don't look back in that sense. Did a bunch of terrible things today. <laughs> it's like, no, only look at the good stuff. <laughs> Unless, like, you really can like take that a lesson learned and do something better. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Just okay. focus on the good stuff. Yeah. I think I've done that most of my career is focus on the bad stuff. On the bad stuff? Yeah. So I'm trying to focus and be more positive. So I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Don't be a negative Nancy. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> but does it, does it like, so you brought it up earlier. Uh, does imposter syndrome actually help, like, be, help you to be more successful? I, I think if you let it help you, then yeah. <laughs> I think it could go either way, though. Like, it could really impede you, and it could, um, is impede the right word? I don't even know if that's the right word. It sounds right. Um, sounds good. But, yeah. anyways, uh, it could really, like, prevent you from getting better because you just don't, you feel like, all right, well, my work's not good enough. I'm not going to put it out there. Um, and you'll never get any opportunities. Or if you do, you know, let it leverage it to get better. You go, okay, I'm really bad at drawing, or I'm really bad at doing my wireframes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna focus on getting really good at doing wireframes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of you have to look at it in a good way, but you also can't let it overbear you. So like, if you're looking at designers that have really beautiful wireframes and really beautiful designs uh like illustrations you're like you have to take one of those things and choose to get good at it you can't Mm -hmm. do 20 different things at one time which another thing about wireframes and designers (sighs) (laughs) they put up these beautiful wireframes (laughs) that i know you spent 20 minutes and more just doing one really beautiful wireframe. I know you didn't just spit that out. You know, like, what I mean? like it's like it's not the real world being posted on like Dribble and Behance yeah. and their websites. It's I, I used to have a friend who would spend he would spend like little he does uh, lettering and he would do a bunch of little thumbnails. Spend like I don't know 
an hour doing thumbnails and maybe a few hours doing research on style. And then he would take those thumbnails, draw them out like 50 more times. Like he used hundreds of sheets of paper. And then he would have one sketchbook that he would trace the final version in and that's what uh, he would take into like job interviews yeah so and he would take his other sketches too but all people ever saw with these beautiful sketchbooks and i'm like that's not a true <laughs> representation yeah. of what he went through to get to that end product so it's don't always trust what's online there's a lot of yeah it feels it feels it, it kind of feels fake yeah but it's not because the process was there. Right, yeah. But it does kind of feel fake if you're just looking at that that one mm-hmm. that one piece of output. Yeah. We tend to not show the ugly stuff. I feel like the, mm-hmm. the stuff that, I mean, it doesn't make sense to anybody else. But you have to understand when you look at the nice looking wireframes or the nice looking sketches. There was a lot that went behind that too. So don't expect to spit that out the first yeah. time you... You draw. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's good. I think that's, that's part advice. of why people feel like, oh, I don't know. I'm not good at drawing. <clears throat> you you're, Take the time. You're, you're good at it. I guarantee it. Yeah. And that brings up a point that I wanted to touch on as well. Um, so you mentioned like you can use imposter syndrome to help recognize what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, could there be a point where you like say you have imposter syndrome, say I'm really bad at wireframing, like I just I'm just horrible at it. But the truth is different. Like, you actually are really good at it. Yeah. Could that be a problem, too? And how do you recognize, like, the difference there? Yeah. That could be a problem where it's like... But, I mean, you're always... There's always going to be something you can get better at. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of like... It's probably a good thing that you think you're still kind of bad at it, even if you're good at it. Like, I know, like, I sit there, I'm like, eh, I'm pretty good at documenting but i know i could probably be better at documenting things yeah (laughs) because it only makes sense to me and not everyone else just being organized in general um but i i don't know you're always you're never like great or like absolutely perfect you can't change anything yeah so you're never at 100 percent. yeah there's always something you can improve on no matter what it is and i mean with the way we use tools nowadays, too, I feel like you could always get better at something. There's always different tools, different ways to do it, mm-hmm. different methods of doing stuff. It's just always reading and learning and being like, okay, so I do wireframes really great. How can I make that process faster? Maybe, you know, just really assessing what can I do to make myself better at it. But I could see how... I don't think anyone with imposter syndrome will ever think they're great at absolutely perfect at doing something. I feel like it's maybe maybe when you get like 10 years down the road, you're like, yeah, I'm not an imposter. <laughs> and like you stop comparing yourself. You can to look people. more of your like your body of work and the accomplishments, yeah. right? Yeah, you can like really recognize. And I, I feel like young designers kind of it affects young designers a lot more. And then you just have to realize you have to look at the people around you and be like, well, they're they're not they're the people the, the experienced people that you look up to. Yeah, they're really great. What can you learn from them? Instead of saying, wow, they're really great. How can I be like them? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like figuring out changing your perspective a little bit on how you look at people that you admire too. 
and just figuring out, um, yeah, so I can learn this, this, and that from them, but I don't have to be exactly mm-hmm. like them. Yeah, you don't have to copy them or <laughs> yeah. mimic them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So <laughs> you've mentioned a lot of like ways um, that someone can deal with their imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. like looking looking back at their work, see where they've come, um, and also using it as a way to get better as a designer. Um, are there any other ways that somebody can deal with imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like, as you said, impeding them from yeah. from growing. From growing. I I always find like it's a good way like to talk about it is really great because you realize other people are kind of going through it too. <laughs> I know sometimes um, people are afraid to talk about it. I feel like because they're, they think, oh, it's going to make them seem not confident. Yeah. But really, I think there's, as long as you kind of say, hey, I feel this way, like, I'm, I'm trying to get through it and show that you're trying to get better at something um, is one way to deal with it. And another way is, like, getting a lot of little small wins, like, set up little goals mm. for yourself and really just, okay, here's, I am going to sketch 20 minutes every day this week. And, wow, great, I did that. And I got better and better and better at it and just keep going. And then setting up, okay, I did it for 20 minutes every day. Let me do it for an hour every day next week. And then you just get more. And you get this like yeah. little bit of steam rolling. So take take it kind of smaller. Yeah. Don't try to like, if you're if you feel like you're not good at visual design, don't try to like learn it all. Don't try to do it all <laughs> in one shot. Yeah. Because <laughs> like it's... There's people that have been doing certain things, like like visual design, for example. They've been doing it for 20 years, mm-hmm. and they've learned all the, the theories, the principles, the, the, the history behind it all, and you're not going to suck that down in a matter of yeah. a month. Like, you're not going to get instantly better overnight. Like, who is it that said that? It was like 10,000 to master, 1 million. There was like some quote about like, mm-hmm mastering and expertise in a in a skill which expertise is something else i question too it's like what makes you an expert yeah. <laughs> like really what makes you an expert <laughs> I, will never I don't know a million hours of doing something yeah. apparently i feel like i will never be an expert in design no matter what i do yeah because <laughs> there's always well, it's be just so big too and mm-hmm. so broad that's why i think it's probably imposter syndrome is something that a lot of honest design designers deal with on yeah. a regular basis because it's just there's so much to it mm-hmm. and it's very subjective as well yeah it is so it's, it's hard to it's not like i don't know i don't know other things i just know design stuff but <laughs> it's not black and white right and it changes all the time every with every trend challenges every designer and it changes it and so yeah i don't know how anybody can be like an expert in design. designer, yeah, like it just makes sense to me. You can't. Yeah, you can. All you got to do is put it on your resume. Then you're an expert. <laughs> yeah, then you <laughs> design nine out of ten. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm an expert. <laughs> but like, like you said, like you're you know design, but you're not like you didn't. You're not an expert in anything else. But I feel like you probably since you do a lot of work on tax stuff, you know a lot of interesting tax behaviors and just there's things that you know that I have no idea like mm-hmm. about like designers are in a really interesting I think job because you have to know your specific design principles you know interaction behavior stuff like that 
And then you have to also know the content behind it too that you're yeah. designing. You have to know your industry. Yeah. So it's an interesting like place to be. Even I mean, graphic designers have to know this stuff. UX designers, um, industrial designers, all of these designers yeah. have to know so much more than just design. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've, I feel like there's just a lot of knowledge to suck up. And just like my older sister always told me, I asked her how she got so smart. She is <laughs> insanely smart. She's like getting a PhD and something about human efficacy or I don't even know. It's like 50, <laughs> 20 million words is her dissertation. But um, I asked her how she got so smart and she goes, just read a lot of nonfiction. Is it nonfiction? Is nonfiction the... Yeah. yeah. Read a ton of nonfiction. Just pick up a nonfiction book, whether you like the topic or not, and read it. <laughs> Which is really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, I tried that with an HCI book once. Mm-mm. Most dense material I've yeah. ever read. <laughs> that was tough. Oh, Human-computer interaction. Uh-huh. It's the most boring topic ever. Yep. Your posture right out of desk, like some of the older ones. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's some little nuggets of gold in there. You just have to find them. Skim, I guess, might be a better way. Don't read word yeah. for word. Just skim. Look through the chapters. What's interesting? We live in the internet generation. We can skim. We don't have to read everything, right? We're expert I don't know. skimmers. I yeah. have to read stuff because my last name is reading, so I have to read. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't read, like, <laughs> people make fun of me. <laughs> the reading that reads. <laughs> so if, you, if you're if you a person that suffers from imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. I think everybody sort of does in yeah. a way. Uh, what, what, does that, what does that say about that person? Like, if, if you suffer from it? Yeah. I don't think it says anything, like, bad about that person. It just says... That they they know that there's things they could be better at. Um, I know people probably perceive those people as in, like not confident. Sometimes they might even think they're the other people. Sometimes the people that are suffering imposter syndrome might feel like they come off as like incompetent, but I don't think that's ever the case. Yeah. <laughs> like how? But like. I don't know. I go back and forth on this because, like, you have to you have to understand just because you feel like you have imposter syndrome, you have to, like, look at your success and then see, like, you can't – how do I want to word this? I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you can't blame imposter syndrome on not being well-educated on a topic – or, you know, um, being incompetent on a topic. You can't blame imposter syndrome on it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, you have to, under- there's, there's like a fine line. And I, I don't know how you can tell if you really are suffering from imposter syndrome. But I feel like if you've made it this far and you've done a lot of really cool things and you look back and you see those really cool things that you've done, you 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 have imposter syndrome. I guarantee you, if if like a job hired you to do a job, go into that job knowing you can do that job because they saw that you have the skills to do the job, you know. So or like if you got into a school, 
a really good program and you're like, oh, I don't know, there's going to be really good people there. Well, the professors saw you and you can do it. It's so, but don't blame imposter syndrome on not knowing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so <laughs> that's, that's how I go back and forth on it sometimes. I'm like, am I an imposter or do I just not know that? It's kind of like, like business stuff has mm-hmm. been, I know that's a big gray area for me. I would never pretend to be an expert in business strategy. <laughs> so I don't. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like that though. It sounded kind of like you were saying, like use imposter syndrome as a tool yeah. and not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise then you're not going to go anywhere, right? Right, yeah. You're just going to be this imposter your whole life. Yeah. So oh, that's great. Yeah, no yeah. excuses. No one likes excuses. We like to give excuses. (laughs) We don't like receiving excuses. (laughs) No, this is this is great stuff. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, other anything else? Oh, jeez, I don't even remember remember some of the things I said. To be honest, (laughs) (laughs) I've been kind of in my head thinking about different things that I want to say, and I think I've said them all. Oh, this is another thing uh, where you just kind of, you start to, don't babble, <laughs> like <laughs> listen and then talk. It's kind of um, like when you go into interviews and you're nervous, like um, listen. And then if you don't know the answer, don't be afraid to say, I don't know the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah don't be will, afraid to ask questions. Yeah, right? really make you seem like you don't know what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. like. I, I don't know. How how would you find out then? And I, I feel like that's one of the biggest, probably best ways to cope with imposter syndrome is if you don't know the answer, figure out how to find the answer. And then I, I feel like that's what it all just goes back to. Finding the answer to something you don't know and recognizing you don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> and just yeah, understanding you don't know it. Yeah. But also I think I think people I know that have imposter syndrome or whatever i think too they're very conscious of it mm-hmm. conscience of it Con- conscious? i, I can't conscious? say that word conscious that word? is that right yeah they're very conscious. aware right that they yeah. that they have they have this thing yeah. and they're trying to be better mm-hmm. versus like i know other people that are just straight up fake imposters and they 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 don't they don't want to get better yeah like they don't want to achieve they just they want to achieve, but not in the same way that they're almost stubborn. Somebody else, in a yeah. Way. It's like I know this. I'm set in my ways. This is how it's going to be done, and I know it's right. It's like, but it might not be. It might be right. It might mm-hmm. be one way to do it, but there's other ways to do it. Yeah. So being open-minded too, I feel like, is another trait of people that have this imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Don't try to be something you're not. I feel so. Um, yeah, because they're conscious. Everybody, yeah. like people, are are aware that they're they could be something they're not. Yeah. So it's like always they're always thinking about <laughs> it. I don't know. I also hate the word imposter syndrome. I hate that term. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> Some scientist somewhere came up with it. Yeah, it's just so negative sounding. <laughs> yeah. It's. Mm-mm. Can't we just say? Um, Person that wants to do better. Or yeah. <laughs> that I don't want to have do a better. syndrome. Yeah. Nobody wants to have a syndrome. You have uh, 
Oh, there's too many words. <laughs> PWD wants to do better. PWDB. Like an acronym for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, what P- PSTD is, but PWTD person wants <laughs> to do better. better. That's fine. Well, kind of tangent. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is good. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming down. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, that was good, Andy. It's a good interview. That was a sweet interview. (laughs) Yeah. What did you What did you learn? What did uh, in the interview? What did you learn? So there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Like, um, I really liked how. She talked about how you can like deal with imposter syndrome by looking at your accomplishments. Um, like you, you look back and you see where you've come from, right? Like as I said, like I, I used to draw like these horrible stick figures when I was a kid, and now I'm designing <laughs> these high fidelity products, right? You can look back at to where where you've come from and see like you've actually improved, and you you are actually a good designer, um, and you can see how you improved and. Along those lines, you can also, when you go on Dribble and you see all of these other designers that are just so good, their work is so polished, it's just beautiful. Um, but you can realize that those people are humans too. They had to you come. Hope. You don't know. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> they could be robots. Oh. Could be. And when I signed up for Dribble, I don't think there's one of those like, I'm a robot. No, man. Damn. No, they're probably all design robots. They're going to take over our jobs really soon here. But... But yeah, as you as you go on Dribble and you see these designers that you follow, that you take inspiration from, they are great designers. And sometimes you get that that feeling like I'm not good enough, right? But you have to realize that they're humans too. They got inspiration from other people, and um, they came from a place just like you did, of like first starting with garbage design <laughs> to to absolutely beautiful design. <laughs> starting with garbage design. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's important to like realize like. Um, all of us, we're all just learning and we're all at our own level, right? Um, and even the people that you look up to um, had to get somewhere too. Um, and I also really like the fact that you can use imposter syndrome as a tool. Um, it can kind of tell you where where you can improve as a designer. Like if you feel like, oh, I'm really bad at, and she, she said, I'm really bad at wireframing. It's, you know, it's a really good place to say, hey, this is where I can actually improve as a designer. Um, and if you don't use it as a tool, it can actually impede you from getting better. If you just dwell on the fact that I'm I'm really bad at this and I'm just never going to get good, then it can actually hinder you as a designer. So mm-hmm. don't let it stop you and use it as a tool to become better. Yeah. Um, along the same line, you talked about that they're humans, other designers are humans. Yeah. Which is not, that's not entirely true. I think, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of these other designers like have like a shit ton of talent and they're really good at it. Yeah. But I also, she brought up a really good point about that because she's like, there's a need for us as designers to kind of curate our portfolios. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, uh, it would be really cool to see the older work that people have done. So she brought up like Jessica Hayes and stuff and like some of the older work. So a lot of that older work that they've done would be really nice for every other designer to see that like these really great designers that we look up to and that we follow um, actually started out not so great like being able to actually see that or 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 seeing the experimentation of a design so there's always like the final design right um 
<clears throat> there's always the final design that you put on dribble, but there's not the 10 other designs you did mm-hmm. either in your head or on sketch paper or, or in sketch or in vision studio or whatever that were, that failed, right. That got you to that level. You never see that. So I think when we look at other, like she was talking about, we look at other dribble things. We look at somebody else's Behance portfolio. Like that's literally all we see is the best work they've ever done. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, I think that's cool to remember too, right. Is that, like I wish we would. I wish more designers would post, like the stuff that that didn't work or the beginning new stuff, right? Yeah, it's you do see that sometimes. Like they post like alternate versions of a design, but it's also like super polished and beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they've also yeah. Like what did she talk about the guy with his uh, comps, his yeah. thumbnails? <laughs> yeah, he even polished his thumbnails up. You know, yeah. so that's that's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what we don't share. Uh, probably enhances everybody's imposter syndrome mm-hmm. like if we would just share it and everybody could have that understanding then maybe we could deal with it a little bit easier yeah um yeah that was good stuff um well that's it it's another another podcast in the can in the can <laughs> um so we hope you learned something today if you did let us know uh hit us up on twitter at design underscore much uh anything like that uh you can even comment on I didn't know you could comment on SoundCloud, but people have been commenting on SoundCloud. Did you know that? <laughs> we should look at those comments, probably. <laughs> so, so I just realized that could happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so hit us up on SoundCloud too if you're listening on SoundCloud. Uh, if you haven't already rated the podcast on iTunes or Google or in the Google Play Store, Andy. Yeah, are we in the Google? Yes, we're really? in there now. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you're one of those people that uses an Android phone. And the Google Play app, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how Android works. but And you're listening to your AirPods on your Android And you're listening phone. to your AirPods. <laughs> uh, go ahead and rate us there, too, because I think they can do ratings on on Google Play. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah, go ahead and rate us. It's easy. Just, you know, give us the five because you're listening and it's awesome. Uh, we like to thank uh, you guys for listening. We like to thank Jordan Reading for coming us and joining, for joining, coming down and joining with us uh, the other day and teaching us some good stuff about imposter syndrome, something that I think in this industry you either have imposter syndrome or you're an imposter yeah i don't think i don't think there's a middle ground (laughs) um and uh yeah as always uh be excellent be excellent to each other yeah do that thank you for listening to design much it's been real fam It's not human enough. No, but we can't call them humans because what if we were, what if we were designing pet products? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say we just stick to users. <laughs> I'm good with users. <laughs>